السلام علیکم آج یہ جو میرا سوری دس از سپوز ٹو بی دی انگلش بروڈ کاسٹ اٹ از تھرسڈے دا فورتھ آف اگست 2022 اینڈ وی ویلکم یو ٹو آور بروڈ کاسٹ ریفلیکشنز آن دا ہولی قرآن اینڈ دس از broadcast number 345 in that series and these days we are uh, um, looking at the meanings of the of the words of chapter 2 verse 100 uh, chapter 2 verse 102 of the holy quran and this is broadcast number 26 in looking at the words of this verse of the holy quran uh, these uh, broadcasts are brought to you by laser lahore mda school of education in religion which is a department of the lahore mda movement also known as mda anjuman ishaat e islam <coughs> This organization, the Ahmadiyya movement, was uh, established by Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Sahib Rahmatullah who taught that 
although other people say that after the Holy Prophet Muhammad another Prophet will come. This cannot be correct because the Holy Quran says that the Holy Prophet is Khatamun Nabiyyin and the Holy Prophet himself explained this term by saying La Nabi Abadi, no Prophet after me. So now no Prophet will come, whether an old one or a new one. And uh, the companions of the Holy Prophet were worried because they said to the Holy Prophet that uh, uh, Prophets appeared in other communities and after a Prophet passed away, some years later that community would go astray. So what will happen to Muslims? Because in the other communities, prophets used to come. And the Holy Prophet said that the reformers, Mujaddideen, will be sent by Allah to reform the Muslims, to reform their practices and their understanding of the Holy Quran and, and so on. Not Islam itself. Islam doesn't need any reform. And Hazrat Mr. Ghulam Ahmad claimed that he was uh, in that chain of uh, reformers, Mujaddideen, which God had sent at different times in different uh, countries. But he explained that his distinction was the fact that um, the Hadith also speaks of uh, the coming of the Messiah and Mahdi. Now, if no prophet can come, then how can a messiah or the messiah come who was a prophet? So, Hazrat have explained that uh, this refers to these are titles for a mujaddid, a reformer. And he said that uh, he was the mujaddid for whom these titles had been used. Of course, this led to uh, disagreement because some people accepted Hazrat uh, Sab's explanation and claim and other people did not accept it. But the sad thing was that those who rejected Hazrat Sab's claim started calling Hazrat uh, Mirza Ghulam Ahmad and uh, members of his Jamaat as heretics and kafirs and so on. And Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad, as he always did, Return to Hadith. And he said, you, the Holy Prophet said that if one reciter of the Kalima says to another reciter of the Kalima that you're a heretic, you're a kafir, the person uttering these words is the one who's closer to heresy. So we must not do so. And Hazrat Mirza Ulam Ahmad Sahib also taught that uh, um, although <clears throat> people believe that part of the prophetic revelation has been missed out from the Holy Quran, like Ayah Rajam and Surah Walayat and so on, this cannot be correct 
because Allah says in the Holy Quran that Allah says I reveal this Holy Quran and I will protect it. So how can something that God that has God's protection have something missing in it or worse still some people say that some commandments which are in the Holy Quran are now abrogated, cancelled. That command no longer applies. So didn't God know what he was revealing? That a few years later he had to uh, repeal that command. So Hazrat said this is not true. Hazrat Shabaliullah says that Muslims uh, uh, believe that more than 500 commands of the Holy Quran have been abrogated. Um, and then he reduces that to a smaller number, but still. Um, so nothing is missing from the Holy Quran and nothing has been repealed or deleted from the Holy Quran by way of commandment, although the words still remain. Um, so the whole of the Holy Quran is applicable as it has always been. And of course, Sadat Mirza Gurama taught that jihad is a fundamental duty of every Muslim. But jihad is defined by the Holy Prophet, which was not that you take the sword and kill people, which was that. And this was defined in return. Of, uh, the, 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 this was defined in terms of fighting. When returning from fighting, the Holy Prophet said, "We return from the minor jihad, jihad asghar, to the major jihad, the major struggle, jihad kabir." And then he said, "Jihad kabir is jihad bin nafs, a struggle with your own soul to do the right thing." So let us turn to <clears throat> the Holy Quran. As I said, chapter 102, and because it's a long chapter, I only recite the verse that we're going to, sorry, that part of the verse that we're going to speak about. And today it's the last three words of. Uh, uh, verse 102 Did they? But no. So this goes back to the earlier um, text that says, and certainly they know that he who buys it has no share of good in the hereafter. And surely evil is the price for which they have sold their souls. Did they but know? So the words we are going to look at is law, uh, kanu and <coughs> so, let us turn to 
my notes low uh, that's a conditional particle if and that is all you can say about that and uh, the next word is kanu now this has two segments a verb and a pronoun and they were and its uh, root is kaf wa noon and uh, this root appears in three forms a total of 1390 times the root is kaf wa noon as i said and 1358 times it appears as kana and then 27 times as makan this is basically the arabic form of the english to be so <clears throat> you will see it used or translated as they used to they were you are while you were uh, they were be even become be is as in chapter 2 verse 94 which we just had pull in kanat there it used as is you are they were and so on were you etc so and uh, <clears throat> and you've seen that uh, it's used in the form of all three tenses present is you know in chapter 33 verse 51 where it says kanallahu aliman hakima you translate that as god is allah is aliman hakim you won't say was so there it's being used as present present tense whereas if you go and look at chapter 16 verse uh, 120 i think it is it's used as past tense inna ibrahim kana ummatan abraham wasn't in the implication is wasn't an individual but uh, abraham in himself was like a community which is obedient the whole community because this is being revealed to the holy prophet muhammad so it can't be present tense or future tense there was abraham hazrat ibrahim alayhisalam had died a long long time 
before the Holy Prophet Muhammad. So, <clears throat> you can see that it is used in all senses. And then of course it's used an interesting uh, uh, use of this word is that for some thing to happen and uh, that is uh, happened sort of uh, quickly and some people say that you know that means that uh, there is nothing and something is created out of uh, nothing and so on. Um, and people refer to uh, um, the verse of the Holy Quran, Kun Fayyakun, that God says and it is. But uh, that doesn't mean that it happens instantaneously. Um, what it means is that things are set in motion that are going to cause it to happen. And Imam Raghib had, uh, had an interesting interpretation and he said uh, this word is used when something is going to change into something else but of a higher status. He said if something is changing into something of a lower status, then that is called facade. So, um, um, when we have, you know, you know, it says that God created, literally you could say invented, but he created everything. Um, and Quran says, Badiyu Samavati Wal Ard, chapter 2 verse 117, then the meaning that God is the one who created this universe out of nothing. And how? That's the next verse. When he decides something, then he says, Kun Fayyakun, he says, and it is. And, uh, but that means that he sets in motion the laws, the rules, the physics and chemistry and biology and everything that is going to bring those things into being. And, uh, you know, the, the, we don't know what when previously, but God says that in chapter 59, verse 22, that God is called uh, <clears throat> um, Musabbar, who fashions, who creates. Um, and uh, 
So he, when God creates something the first time, then at the same time, as I said, he creates the, the size of it. And then after that, things sort of work according to that size. And God says, you know, once I've created that, then I don't uh, uh, interfere in it. And, uh, and then this was the debate. People say God can do uh, anything and everything. Yes, it is true, he can. But does he? And this was the demand made by the, uh, the Quraysh. Their demand to the Holy Prophet was, okay, we'll stand and watch. You go up to heavens and then come down bearing a book with the cover saying Quran and we'll believe. And the Holy Prophet said, well, I'm not a magician. This is not a prophet's task. My task is to tell you what God's guidance is. And then if you do it, it'll be good for you. If you don't do it, but then you know, you will regret it. And we had some of this yesterday, where human beings do things without thinking and, you know, create problems for themselves. Uh, next word is Yaolamun. And again, it's two segments. Yalamu verb and uh, then uh, pronoun and uh, its uh, root is Ain La Mim and that root appears in 14 forms in the Holy Quran and a total of 854 times. Three hundred eighty-two times as alima, and hundred five times as ilm, hundred sixty-three times as alim, and seventy-three times as alamin, forty-nine times as alam, and. Uh, 18 times as alim and so on. Some of these words like uh, ilm and malumat and malum and uh, muallim, these words have come into Urdu as they are. Um, and um, more or less have the same meaning uh, as uh, in Arabic, although it's uh, sort of compared to Arabic, the meaning is restricted because ilm means to gain knowledge about something, complete knowledge about something. And uh, 
as we've seen this, that ilm can be categorized in many different ways. You can have uh, uh, knowledge that is theoretical. And the example I usually give is, you know, calculus. You learn about differentiation and integration and you find out, you know, how to find out the rate of change of one thing compared to another and uh, find out uh, how to uh, calculate the area under a curve or the volume of a solid of revolution, etc. And that's it. You're done. But then the other type of knowledge is where theory is not enough. You know, it's, it's like uh, a surgeon. If I read a book on how to remove an appendix and uh, your appendix needs to be removed and I try and do it, the British government will take a very dim view and have me arrested and put in prison. Why? Because although I might have read a book on uh, how to remove an appendix, I have no practical knowledge of doing that. And first, after re reading the theory, you go into an operating theatre and you watch a surgeon and you assist them and etc, etc. And then you see what problems they uh, um, have and uh, how they overcome them. And then the surgeon <coughs> might say, okay, you can have a little go under my supervision and so on. Um, then you will learn how to remove an appendix and um, you can categorize knowledge of things in another way and that is that knowledge you gain about some situation, something simply by um, using your brain, rationally thinking about it and using logic. But that, of course, can be completely wrong. For thousands of years until Galileo, people believed that if you have two things in your hand, one is heavier than the other, and you hold your hands out and let go, let go. The thing that is heavier will hit the ground first. Now, they based that knowledge on rational thinking and, lo and logic, etc. But then Galileo came along and he said, hang on a second. Why don't I take two things? one in being heavy, one being light, up to uh, the top of Leaning Tower of Pisa and drop them and see what happens. Which he did and lo and behold, both of them hit the ground at the same time. 
or another example for thousands of years because human beings live on earth they said earth is the center of the universe and then of course christianity came came along with its concept of uh, son of god appearing on earth and they said yes quite right earth has to be the center of the universe because god sent his son here and uh, but of course it wasn't earth orbits the sun and the whole galaxy orbits something else and somewhat so the other type of knowledge is that it's not just based on thinking and brain and logic and and so on but also um there is observation in god that uh, you uh, look at things and see um what they are etc and uh, this is what god means when god says in chapter 2 verse 31 that i taught adam the names of everything it doesn't mean that for years adam sat there sort of shaking back and forth as many students do in madrasas as they're submitting the holy quran to memory and shake back and forth and adam did the same thing that for hundreds of thousands of years he sat there committing the names of everything to memory but what it means is that god said i've given adam the ability to find out about things and learn so and earlier on we discussed that you know how in this uh preservation of knowledge writing how they are important and uh, uh, what they uh, what humanity has achieved by by preserving knowledge in this way and then god says in uh, uh, chapter 34 verse 48 allamul ghuyub knower of the unseen that god is something god is a being from whom nothing can be hidden he knows everything a few things we know who was it was it newton i think he you know after a lifetime of research just in physics he said that uh, you know people sort of said oh you explain so many things and you know so much and so on and he said no i'm like a little boy who's playing on the seaside and uh, he just notices one or two um seashells which are interesting and there there are thousands of them to be found and he just finds one or two and uh, the interesting thing about chapter 72 verse 
is what uh, this non-Ahmadi dictionary says. But chapter 72 verse, verses 26 and 27 which are about God knows the unseen but he doesn't reveal that knowledge of unseen except to <coughs> his Rasul or Rasuls, his messengers. It's a better translation I think. Now in Mufradad it says in this God is pointing out that God only gives the knowledge of the unseen to those who are among his awliya. And this has been a point of dispute and contention and so on for years between Amdis and non-Amdis because non-Amdis say no, 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 now God cannot uh, give uh, such knowledge to anyone. You know, the Holy Prophet was the last one. But this is their own dictionary saying. Use the word Aliya, saints, mujaddids. And I find it odd that, uh, you know, when it comes to Hazrat uh, Sahib, uh, people start objecting. And yet in their own books, if read in detail and carefully, they say exactly the same thing. And this was what Hazrat Sahib said that, uh, you know, um, these books, the, the, these things that I'm saying are simply things that you have forgotten. It's not that there's something strange or different. Anyway, with that, I take my leave of you. Tomorrow is Friday, so we'll broadcast our Friday sermon. Um, and then, inshallah, we will meet on Monday. Assalamu alaikum, khuda hafiz, goodbye.